It's a whisper that is the best leader. It is the whistling of silence that gets my attention. However, my restless thoughts silence silence and force me to go before the word has been spoken. I'm indecisive. But I think it's because none of my ideas are good and that's all I listen to. My prayer time becomes a request session, but the best lesson is in my second guessing because God's spirit won't let for a second my pride get in the way of his stretching my resting. That's my ongoing story, and the rest is history because I always pass it up, striving for the next thing that will never fill me up. I'm an empty cup looking for a spigot, but my rickety logic can't find the booth to purchase a ticket to the promised land. They say it's flowing with milk and honey, and its center is the kingdom where the Prince of Peace reigns. My precipitous actions have led me astray, and I stand stuck suckling from the teat of dismay, hoping that one day I will land in the promise. But ticket masters are tricky and overcharge me for paper that always turns into vapor the moment I try to redeem it. It seems that I would learn from my mistakes, but I don't see anyone passing out a pass to the greener grass. Only a brightly lit booth that says guaranteed to last. But I'm starting to realize that means it's guaranteed to last place. Oh no. How did I not see it? This whole thing is a big race. The people waiting in this line are never going to win the prize. All it does is catch our eyes, which inevitably steals our lives. Have I wasted too much time? Is the race already done? Should I even try to start running? Surely someone's already won. I can't believe I missed it. I can't believe I bought the line. Not even once or twice, but hundreds of thousands of times. My heart is so broken, I just want to cry. I'm just going to sit here in silence as I wither away and die. God, you were real this whole time. How could I not see it? How could I? I'm sorry. Hello? Is someone there? Please leave me be. I need to drown in my despair. I need some peace and quiet. Wait, of course, that's it. Peace in quiet. The missing piece, the Prince of Peace is waiting in the quiet. He doesn't raise his voice. He doesn't use a flashing sign. His truth has been there all along in the recesses of my mind. He built those nooks for that purpose. I tried to refrain from them, thinking there was pain in them, but God created me in his image and it was he who was sustaining them. To recognize my flaws is to tap into the truth. To live in the silence is to put life to good use. We can't buy a ticket to heaven or earn our way to the promised land because heaven has already come to us in the form of the Son of Man, and He leads me by still waters. In green pastures I lay, so when I find myself uneasy, that's when I know I've gone astray. It's in the rest and in the silence where his asylum is attained. Today I will walk. I will walk in step with you, Lord, keeping my eyes forward as we trek this narrow gorge. No wonder if you find it. It's incredibly well hid. First, he'll show you to the end of yourself and you'll drop to your knees for a smidge. 
so that you can better see the nails at the foot of the crossed bridge. Then he'll carry your cares from there across the marvelous ridge. Then through the fjords and the gorge, he'll lead toward his gorgeous reward. twice with um, this this word quiet and it's come through two different Bible uh, two different Bible studies that I've done or two different verses that I've came across one in Psalms 131 and this is the whole psalm this is the whole psalm in the New Living Translation uh, it says Lord my heart is not proud my eyes are not haughty I don't concern myself with matters too great or too awesome for me to grasp. Instead, I have calmed and quieted myself like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord now and always. And so it's just that idea of being calmed and quiet. To do so, he's saying, I don't, I'm not looking for matters that are too great or too awesome for me to grasp. It's not about going out and saying, God, tell me all the wisdom of the world. I want to know it all. I want to be able to teach it all. I want to be able to say it all. I want to be able to whatever. He's saying, I'm not worried about all that. I just want to be calmed and quieted with like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk. Yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. He's not fussy. He's not frustrated he's not anxious or even striving for anything it's just at peace and at rest and I think that's such a beautiful picture um, of how we should be and, and the second is in Ecclesiastes 4 6 in the New International Version it says better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind and that one hit me hard too, man, because it's it's just like with the toil and chasing after the wind. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's so much of that in American society, in my life at least. Some versions say grasping for the wind. Some people are trying to say stri- or some versions say striving after the wind, or, or overwork and chasing the wind. And I think there's so much that is in those words that it's just like, man, you're trying to chase something that can't fully be grasped. You know, Ecclesiastes is all about that. The whole book is kind of, I mean, it starts off saying vanity of vanities, everything is vanity. And really what the what the Hebrew translation of that, what we often use as vanity is the word um, in, in uh, Hebrew is the word chavel, which is kind of like a mist, right? It's kind of like the smoke, it's kind of this, these, these water particles in the air that you see. And, and it looks solid. It looks like something that you can grab onto and 
and take with you. But when you try to grab for it, it just slips through your fingers. And he says, man, everything is chavel. Everything is that. And so Ecclesiastes is all about that. And it kind of repeats it over and over because Solomon who wrote it is essentially saying, you know, I've Solomon had everything. He, had, he was the wisest man in the world of all time before and after, according to scripture. He, and because he asked for wisdom and not money or, or, um, power or anything, God also blessed him with that on top of it. So he was also the most powerful man of the time and the richest man of the time. So he had it all. And he's looking back on his life and he's saying, man, I've chased everything and it's all chavel. You can't bottle it up. And so to, to, um, continue on with that. So that's what he says in Ecclesiastes 4, 6. Well, in verses 13 through 16, it says, it's better to be a, a poor but wise youth than an old and foolish king who refuses all advice. Such a youth could rise from poverty and succeed. He might even become king, though he has been in prison. But then, but then everyone rushes to the side of yet another youth who replaces him. Endless crowds stand around him, but then another generation grows up and rejects him too. So it is all meaningless, like chasing the wind. Hold on, I've got to fix this baby. I don't know what his deal is. He's been fed. He's not tired. It's hard to have a quiet life when you've got a crying baby. Um, let me see what I can get him. Hold on. seems to seems to have so far um but man i i think there's so much to quietness to being at peace with what the lord's given you right that we don't get wrapped up in this restless pursuit of fame or of fortune or of Meaning. I think we can often get caught up in, in chasing meaning. And there's so much, man, that just is is in this world that you can't ever fully grasp it. You know? It's the it's chavel. You can't grasp it. You can't fully take hold of it, even though it feels like you can, even though it feels like you're just almost there, man. If I just had a little more money, then things would be a lot better. If I just had a little more time to spend with family and friends and things would be a lot better. If I just had a little more power or authority, then I could make some decisions and make the change around here. And I don't know. I think we're always doing that. No matter how high you go, no matter how much money you get, no matter how much power or time you get, you're never satisfied because this world can't satisfy you. So just the the word quiet has kind of hit me lately. And, And a few months ago, I found this song I came across this song called Quiet by Elevation Rhythm, which is really powerful to me because it's just talking about I'm just going to be quiet and let God speak through the silence. So I'm just going to stay quiet and let him move. It says, here I am, no more hiding. You are in this moment. I won't fight it. I'll be quiet. And so just just being silent, living a life of quietness, and it kind of goes back to our last episode of looking out the window and 
and reflecting and just having that peace and rest. Um, th- this is part of it. I think just being quiet and allowing God to speak. I'm always trying to conjure up what does God want me to do right now? And so then I think, you know, me thinking through more options and constantly trying to create new things, whether it's should I add a YouTube channel or should I make pedestal a YouTube channel or should I do a different thing so that I can reach some other goals, like an accountability channel, you know, where it, it holds me accountable for cooking more often for my wife because I know she wants a home-cooked meal and not just some things we grab from the store that we can just heat up real quick. Or, you know, working out or, you know, filming my child as he grows up. Like, I want some things to hold me accountable, but I'm, I'm constantly thinking, well, is that what God wants me to do? Is that what God wants me to do? And I get so wrapped up in my visions and because I'm kind of a visionary in the way of I love to start things, but it's really hard for me to continue them. And I think you've probably seen that with this podcast and how it started hot and I was being very consistent and very active in it. And then over time, it's like, I don't know where to go with it because I, I think I overthink things and I think through things too much. And I think God's just like, man, just be quiet, live a quiet life. So what does a quiet life look like for me? I don't know. I think I'm, I've got it. I think he's handed it to me on a platter uh, with being a stay-at-home dad where it's, there's, a, there's a, an ability to have the quiet life. But I'm constantly just saying, well, no, God doesn't want me to waste this time. He doesn't want me to... These are good years. You know, I'm in my late 20s. Um, I, I, I'm reading more and I'm, I'm I don't know, doing... I have the physical ability to do a lot of things right now, and surely he wants me to do this other stuff. I mean, look at all these YouTubers, look at all these podcasters, look at all these uh, authors. Like, there's so many different ways I can go. How should I go? Which which method should I use to direct my paths? And I think I just get caught up in it. And God has really been hitting me hard over the past couple of days. It's just like, man, better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. He said, stop trying to chase after meaning and purpose. You've got it right in front of you. You have a one-year-old child who is seeking your guidance and, and needs to grow in learning and needs to grow in, in seeing how you handle conflict and how you handle day-to-day life. That is your purpose. That is your meaning right now. That's where he has me placed. And I have a wife who comes home from a stressful job for where she's working at least 80 hours every single week. And she wants to come home. And then after she gets home, she has to study because she has a big test every year, a surgery exam that happens every year. Hers is coming up in two months, so she's in the heavy study mode. And so it's not even like, even after those 80 plus hours a week, she comes home and studies for more hours, three, four hours a day. And so, you know, she doesn't get, but she's trying to balance that with time with family, with me and Moses and, and also just some self-care time where she can take a shower and, and just relax a little bit, you know, and I don't know. God is pointing me at this stuff like just be quiet stop trying to strive so much stop putting extra stress on her talking about how you don't know what God wants you to do next because I do that a lot and I know it's got to put extra stress on her even though she won't show it and I know it I know it has to 
because she's got all this going on and then she comes home and I'm kind of venting about, I don't know what God wants me to do. And she's like, God's got you right here for a reason. Just go with that. And then, you know, if he leads you, then, then go there next. But, but don't strive for it. Don't strive and, and don't put the cart before the horse and striving to figure out what God wants. Stay quiet, live with tranquility. And if God didn't trust me with two handfuls, that's fantastic. Whatever those two handfuls means, two handfuls of jobs, two handfuls of, of whatever. And I'm, I'm kind of scatterbrained all over the place right now, but y'all know me. That's just kind of how I roll. <laughs> so anyways, um, quiet, man. I, I need to stay quiet, rest, be at peace, let God speak through the silence. He's in this moment, and I won't fight it. So quiet, man. So quiet.